Hello and welcome to Perspective. This is a show by founders of digital creative agencies, giving our perspective on starting and running our own companies. Their aim is to provide useful advice and inspiration to others, as well as learn from each other and others we get to come talk on the show. This is our 22nd episode. My name's John Dark. I'm a director at Every Interaction. And joining me again today, I have Dan Gent from Lighthouse London. Hello, Dan. Hey, John. How's it going? I'm pretty well. How are you? I am good. Absolutely. Looking forward to getting another episode done. After being away for a couple, you've been doing lots of talks with other people. Yeah, it's good to have the uh, the, the duo back together. Watch those listening figures drop. <laughs> no, they're going to go up, Dan. Trust me. I know. I know that. I know that. I was being self-effacing. It's fine. I know. I know what the people want. So we thought we'd mark the occasion with a bit of a tricky topic, something um, something we're not sure we're, ever, we're actually going to come to a conclusion on, but we think it'll be interesting to talk about nonetheless. Uh, something that I know we've definitely struggled with in the past and continue to struggle with on a regular basis. I'm sure everyone with a creative agency does. And that is, how do you sell the value of design to a client? Hmm. And... By that, I think, I mean, if you're working with people who haven't gone through the design process before, or perhaps they just don't understand what it takes to go through the process and what's required, and often these things come down to price as well, where people are, are trying to negotiate you down, and you, you know, you try to explain to them that the things that are needed in, in the proposal you may have put forward that are there for a reason uh, in order to achieve the end result of going through the process to solve the problems that they put in their brief. Is this something, a challenge that you guys face at Lighthouse, Dan? Yeah, and I think what you're outlining there is that people think design is different things and it's quite, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's easier to sell someone something that they think they already understand but it's quite if what they understand isn't what your design process is and i think i hope both of our agencies have kind of mature processes because we've learned the hard way as we've gone along and you know we've all read the same books etc and um but if someone doesn't understand why you go through a full design process you know starting with research and defining problems and those kind of things then it's quite hard to sell them the value of design i mean i would almost argue at some point if someone doesn't there's a certain level of understanding of the value of design if someone is below it then you're maybe not kind of fishing in the right place for for clients yeah sounds familiar I think, to me, that the first challenge is really trying to define what design thinking is. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've met lots of clients who who just think that design means making something look pretty. But obviously, experienced people who've worked in the design industry and closely with the design process, you know, they get it. But a lot of clients you may meet aren't in that position. They haven't been through the process. They've never really worked closely with the designer. And and sometimes people who have haven't still haven't gone through this this process properly. And yeah, trying to trying to design what define what design is and how that fits into into your process and the value it brings and how it touches 
every aspect of a project throughout the project lifecycle is a bit of a difficult thing to to conjugate into into something that's easily understandable to someone who's you know not familiar with it i think as well it depends where you are in the process so pre pre pre-sale before you've kind of engaged someone you're in quite a vulnerable place with this kind of thing because if someone's buying on what they believe to be important things they believe to be important like it looking pretty then you're at risk going in and saying no 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 that's not the value of design you need to do proper design because you might come up against someone else that says you need to make it look pretty and then you're kind of in disagreement with what they believe their requirements to be Mm -hmm. done right that can be quite powerful and you can take out the person that just says let's make it look pretty if you explain it well but how long do you get to explain it before that agreement so i think there's two there's two sides to this there's selling design to get a sale to to get a contract and then in the then once you're actually working with someone there's selling them the process that's going to get them the best outcome and at that point obviously you can be a bit more you're a bit freer to spend time educating them um i think we so we kind of handle those two things quite differently the do you find because the temptation is to you know at that beginning bit if someone's saying make it look pretty i think you make your stuff look really pretty i mean do you do you at that point turn around and say yeah but i'm gonna give you a proposal that isn't about it looking pretty i mean do you always the temptation just to say yes <laughs> <laughs> it looks lovely it looks lovely doesn't it are you asking if we put designs in pictures then no i'm not asking if you put des- <laughs> oh you don't do that surely not after 22 episodes we find out that that you guys do loads of spec work um no i'm more i'm more asking how you find it because i think this is because we do development as well i expect we definitely have things where we pitch and we're doing and we're talking a lot about development and how we're going to bring this thing to life and and people want to know how we're going to do the technical challenges and they're you know and yes it's going to look nice now little do they know you know we'll go through a proper design process but if they're not talking about a proper design process we don't you know we're not going to spend ages educating them on that but for you guys presumably if people don't understand the value of design you know are you, they're they're surely not one of your clients, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it like that because they're not our clients. <laughs> we don't get to meet those people because <laughs> people coming to us, yeah, exactly. They just have a need for designing UX specifically. Uh, sometimes there is some development in there and we can use our partners to get that done. But more often than not, we're working with the clients, existing partners or internal development teams. Uh, and so I guess... Maybe that makes us more fortunate that people come to us with an expectation in mind that they're already looking for design. Maybe that puts us a little bit further down the road of making our job easier to sell them in on the value of design in the process. Because if they're already seeking it, clearly they mm-hmm. have they have some some knowledge there. Um, yeah, maybe maybe it is a bigger problem for for guys like Lighthouse, where you're you are selling design, but you're also selling other services. So the way we handle the pre-sale, so the, the the literal selling, you know, in that case, we're basically, 
it's about trying to spend that time you get with a client, a potential client, to somehow show them like just a piece of value. So, for example, we'll take, we'll run, because uh, yeah, I always think if you put a proposal down and it just says, here's what we're going to do, it doesn't really show, it kind of explains the value, I suppose. But what you really want is to get them to go, all right, okay, so that that way of working can bring you some new thinking. So you sort of want to go, they come to you and they're like, I want it to look nice. And if you can get them through some kind of little exercise where you go through like a user journey or think about a customer, you just want them to have one one idea that they hadn't had before out of that process and then be like, so that's why we start there. You just want them to see by doing that workshop or or even just like listening to their problem you know you have to start by listening to their problem and then trying to work out what a solution is which is you know that is a a good very generic design process right that's the sort of thing you can do pre-sale you I mean you can't make things look pretty pre-sale really it's i mean unless you're doing spec work and then you know i don't think i'm assuming that our the average perspective listener is up to date with not doing spec work so you know let's not go on for that about that for ages but you as i say you just want to get a if you're going to sell the value of design you need to show it you need to you need to get the client or potential client to just have that moment of i've now thought of something that i hadn't thought of before and then you go yeah because that was the design process that made you think that and if we do this more you'll think more of those things and that's how we'll come to yeah, that's how we'll generate a lot of great ideas for your project. So it's always trying to find ways of, you know, trying to design little workshops that don't take too long, but can generate those, that sort of thoughts within the client. And then you can hook onto them and they go straight into proposal. My thing these days is you can spend hours writing a proposal because you just spent, you you worry about how am I going to sell this person the value? You know, how am I going to tell them about our design process and and writing and rewriting whereas if you can before doing that actually do something with them where an outcome comes out of it and that goes into the proposal you it's sort of written you've written it already basically and it's the thing they recognize from before and i, I think like something something along those lines like to sell the value design you just have to show them show them that process and take them through a tiny bit of it i mean what do you, what do you guys do before you know when you're kind of uh chatting up a a prospect, uh, as as it were. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> um, yeah, probably probably not enough of that. Um, to be honest, I think wherever possible, we try to meet them before mm-hmm. we put the proposal forwards. Quite often, that's a bit more of a requirements gathering exercise than a than a workshop per se. Sure, but I'm a yeah, I'm a big believer in whenever you're in front of a client, especially one you're trying to win the business of to to do exactly what you say to give them some little nugget of value you're not you're not there in that meeting to solve all the problems of the project but if you can can demonstrate value and what a design think a design led process can lead to just by revealing a few little nuggets of information or ideas that you have on the spot you know based on your experience based on what you're you're learning there and then then they can they can see the value of taking that further and continuing to work with you which in turn, I guess, makes writing the proposal easier. 
but we're, we're still in the position where we do have to do quite a few proposals where mm-hmm. we don't get a lot of time to do that with the client either because they're really remote not that that should yeah. really be an excuse but just because i think well they don't feel like they need to do it probably because they're speaking to five agencies and can't take half a day to go sit with five different agencies in order to make their selection sure so yeah we have to mix it up a bit when we can it works brilliantly and much better than when we don't do a workshop or a meeting beforehand we still do have to do those ones where we try and communicate everything in the proposal without really having had the chance mm. to do that face to face yeah and that's really hard i mean you can use you can use case studies i suppose you, know, you can and make sure those case studies are very outcome based like you know i i always think a case study should basically be about one thing like even if a project was oh we did branding and we did this development and we solved all these different diverse problems you really you really want to work out what the problem the person has is and then basically make out that that's all that project was that's all that was worth saying about that project so if they've got a a problem user research problem something like that then just make the case study about the amazing thing that happened because you did the user research and don't worry too much about the fact that you designed them a bespoke CMS or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really... But I think, again, that's just demonstrating the design process, right? Because if you were going to start designing something for someone, the first thing you do is listen to them and try and understand exactly what the problem is, not necessarily what they're saying the problem is, what it actually is, you know, finding out what's important with what they're trying to achieve. And you do that in a design project anyway. So you're doing it in the sales process is it's the same thing. You know, you, you've got to sit there and listen. And then even if you sum up their problems back to them and don't solve any of them, you've already shown a valuable part of the design process by doing that by filtering their their because often you get just a massive i mean you know i don't know the briefs you see but the briefs i see it's like there's a huge amount of stuff in them and it's only when you get one-on-one that you can basically go what three things here are actually important like you put seo in your brief because someone told you to but actually Mm -hmm. you don't you know you don't that's not that's not where the value lies in this in this project. So, yeah, I think using using your kind of design skills to identify what their real problems are does you know both makes a great sale as a great sales pitch, and shows the value of design even if even if they don't realise you're already designing something. You know, I think a sales process needs designing as much as anything else, but that. Yeah, that's that's maybe separate, but but just kind of designing designing something for them, even if that's un- the the understanding of of their problems, I think it's really important. Then once you and that go then gives beyond you the ammunition to put into the proposal directly, completely. And if you've done it well, it means that your proposal speaks exactly to their issues and not to their brief. And if everyone else is speaking to their brief, hopefully. You're, you know, that's what's going to make you stand out. It's risky because you've got to make sure the person you're talking to is the person whose problems matter, you know, who's going to 
pay the money, you know. So you can the person mm. who put the SEO in the brief, they might be the person that signs off the check. And if your proposal makes light of the SEO problem, then you might, you know, you you might get judged differently. So you need to like understand those basics of who who is the person whose problem you should be solving. But once you know that, I think you can definitely start a design process with them that basically I mean I don't know about your your process once you get projects going but we'll often we'll often start with that kind of research into the problem talking mm. to their stakeholders and we'll often stop after that stage and go okay so what what's this project now look like um you know is is it different to what we thought it was before and I suppose you can stop at the st- at the proposal stage having done a tiny amount but but at least got somewhere you know yeah so yeah yeah that happens to us quite a bit actually that you you might sell in uh, a proposal based on what you know before winning the work then obviously the first thing you do once you've won the work is you you kick things off with a workshop where you mm-hmm. have that you have now had the time to be able to delve into this a lot deeper ask a lot more questions figure out a few more things together and at the end of that that discovery process then yeah, sometimes the brief needs to change anyway, but you're still sort yeah. of beholden to figures, especially that you put into that proposal that have at that point been signed off and are in a contract. And yeah, maybe maybe that whole process needs rethinking a bit in order to get that value out up front so that you, you know what you can put into a proposal and, and demonstrate that. I mean, I've been in situations as well where clients have sort of run workshops with everyone who was pitching in the same room wow i kind of i'm fascinated i think i would i sort of think i would love that but it sounds horrible <laughs> like at the it same is a bit time. unusual <laughs> i mean everybody's sort of competing but also sort of trying to get on <laughs> at the same time <laughs> and it's a bit it's a bit of a weird environment everyone's just, just a bit of one-upmanship going on from one person to the next uh it's sounds not like really a, a, game show. Bit of a requirements gathering workshop yeah. Wow, but uh, yeah, it is a bit uncomfortably competitive. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. But maybe there's value in that that everybody gets the mm. same thing from it, and everybody leaves with the same amount of information. I don't know whether that's good or bad. Yeah, I'm always annoyed by the ones where it's like where everyone gets a bit of time to ask questions, and then they and then they send round the answers to everyone from what everyone else's questions were mm. because. Actually, you know, the questions you ask and the way you handle that process are like they're yours, you know, and that's the, that that's your skills that's going into that. And I always I, I kinda I hate any sales process that that we're not in control of because you don't get to show that value in those. You know, you're as I say, the the point is that because we're into design we run that sales process like a design project. And when someone makes us run it like a kind of, I don't know, you know, makes us run it like, oh, okay, you you get the brief, we need a cost, now a half-hour phone call, now we email all the questions around, or now we get every, every competing person in a room. Like, who would design that environment as a productive design environment? No one. You know, that's, that's not a productive mm. design environment. At that point, you're literally just being good at sales. You're not getting to do show any of your design value, and that's not the sort of good at sales that I that we are, or, or maybe I, I doubt you guys are either, because we sell through showing the value. 
So if you don't get to show any value, yeah. then 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 what's the point? I mean, I think another angle on on the value of design is is kind of trying to show someone the difference that design will make. So and by that I mean, you know, there's obviously really famous things like, oh, we changed the font on this button and it made our company three billion pounds or whatever, you know, at, at that really <laughs> high design optimization level. But with most people, if you if you see an opportunity to just take one thing that they they are doing and show them how they could do it differently and get some kind of you know, with with a lot of the stuff, you, you're not really working with enough data to actually do anything other than just BS, really. You know, like there's no point in saying, "Oh, we'll increase this by fifty percent." You know, you you haven't got enough data at that point. If you can demonstrate that something would save time, and then show them, for example, like if it's an internal system. So yeah, okay. So real case in point, we. And this maybe came about because we were developing something. We got asked to work on a system as developers. And it was the terrible, you know, the the, the UI and user experience of the system was terrible. And, um, you know, we just saw a few points where it's like everyone is creating that report and they have to click eight buttons and they have to download three different spreadsheets because, you know, it doesn't let you download three months at once in one report or something like that. I think it was I think it was something along those lines. And you just show them like how often are these people doing this report, how long is it taking them? And you can come to some kind of like you're paying people this much to do this this many times. What if you invested in redesigning this, you'd a one-off payment and you'd have reduced all those times by enough to pay for it. So every now and again you get an opportunity to to see something like that. It's not some we don't often come up against those kind of problems where you can just quantify it so quickly and easily. But I think you should always be on the lookout for them, right? You should always be trying to find that place where you can go, I'm not just selling you some abstract thing here, like design here's design and your bottom line and here's how they're here's how they can be linked. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot to be said about any anywhere you can immediately spot where some repetitive task like that is being done and there's a lot of friction and it's easy to spot how you can remove friction. You know, it's an easy easy win mm-hmm. and uh, an obvious place to be able to sell in design thinking. What we need the opportunity to do to to convince a client about the value of design is is demonstrate it. I think that's clear. You know, design is about solving problems. That's what we're talking about here. It's not just making things look pretty. It's about how design touches every single aspect of a project and every every little angle through to the example you just gave, which is about analyzing the business itself and applying design thinking to the business logic and finances, but also every little edge and corner of the experience and story of a project, everything from start to finish. I feel like you're about to say every and interaction. It, it feels like it feels uh, like you're building. Yeah, and every yeah, and every <laughs> interaction. Yeah, it feels like you're building up to that kind of punchline. And that, <laughs> and that basically, yeah, I try holding myself back because I I do do that a lot in meetings. <laughs> and then some kind of musical sting will play, and and it'll be like yeah. that, that'll be it. Like the, Smoke the machine kicks done. in, yeah, so. and if everyone in the meeting just goes, <laughs> "Wow, oh, I get <laughs> it." <laughs> but no, you're you're, Ding. <laughs> no, you're you're completely right, and some of it's intangible, like things like brand and how that 
goes into an interface and how sort of you know those things about how you design something to make people feel something completely well possible to measure i suppose hard to measure like but hard to measure right um yeah hard to quantify yeah yeah absolutely yeah it, it goes into all those things and i was you know i think if someone if someone gets that that's a really hard thing to explain to people i suppose the the other side of this as in how you sell the value of design is how you sell it when you're on a project mm-hmm. because i think to us to me that's harder because before the before you've sold it you've got that flexibility if they don't understand the value of design then don't keep banging on about it if you're going if you win the business worry about it then you know you can you can use it to sell or not to sell but once you're on the project the value of design then them understanding the value of design for me then becomes pretty tightly linked with the output of the project the sort of how smoothly the project runs and i'm finding more and more how enjoyable the project is for the people working on it and that's i think that's also a a, a big deal especially like running running an agency you you don't want to be saying to people who work for your agency hey this person doesn't get it but keep working with them i don't care they don't get it you know people want to work with people that understand their value i mean do you find how how do you how do you go about that like do you find that people that might be easier for you but maybe people do understand it a bit more do, do people just fully entrust in your process or do you find you have to be um on top of them and how they think about how you're going to design things um it depends some people just just trust you and then you know they're just wowed by the results but other people are always just pushing to get things done quicker and faster without following the proper process. And that's no fun for anyone. Mm. They're going to get worse quality results that aren't properly considered. Just just spitting spitting out a solution isn't design. That's just that's just yeah. <laughs> vomiting experience yeah. onto onto a page. <laughs> it's it doesn't help anyone. It's bad. I mean, I suppose it's bad design, right? Yeah. Well, exactly that. It is. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't really design. Design is a process. It's about solving problems. It's about taking a considered approach, having inputs, having a process and thoughts and outputs, and often you know testing and verifying those as well in order to make sure you're doing everything right. Something else we've done in the past, uh, when you're not in such a competitive pitch environment, so maybe it's a client who've just approached you only so far at least, and or maybe it's someone that you've approached, which we're trying to do a lot more of recently mm-hmm. where you would approach someone and say you know we'd really like to work with you and something that we found as a way of getting past the whole proposal thing is obviously to do a meeting and to try and convince them that you liked the opportunity to uh, demonstrate the value that that you could bring by bringing your creativity and your process to to their business what, what the results could be and the benefits that would then follow so one thing we often try to do is propose doing a really small test piece of work. So we would do a quick workshop to gather as many requirements as we can and information to be able to go away and come up with some ideas, start our process, document the whole thing, and then in a couple of days just come up with a solution that we can put in front of them to 
really demonstrate the value mm -hmm. as a really small exercise. It could be one, one user story that we follow. It could be a page in an experience that we just look at and think about the layout and the way a user would navigate that page differently. It may be something like an app that does is missing something. Maybe it's got a really bad or completely missing some sort of onboarding flow for a for an app or a service that it needs it in order to guide the user through the early steps as a first-time user. Something like that where you, you take a nugget, mm -hmm. you apply your process, you have some outputs. They may not be completely resolved because maybe you don't have all the information, but it will be better than what they have. Yeah, And immediately you can demonstrate the value and... We don't do that for free. That is a paid piece of work, but it's a very sure. small and isolated piece of work mm -hmm. that is low risk to them. There's no commitment beyond that. And they can see what might happen if they invest more. And that is one of the most successful ways of um, of being able to, to demonstrate the value of design to a client, to us. But it's a bit of a privileged position to be in because, you know, especially if you've been invited to a pitch, that isn't something that you often get to do. And that's that's unfortunate perhaps maybe maybe it should be maybe clients should should try that instead and pay do like a paid pitch and get everybody to spend one two days on the same problem or different problems and see whose process that they prefer the best and who yeah. who does the best then it's really down to who does the best job of demonstrating the value of their design and their process then that's winning work on on real merit and the client will have the you know the best information to make the most informed choice but i don't think there's anything wrong with just saying as as you kind of are there that the pitch process doesn't work for you and so you've you've designed a different way to show people what you can do like the pitch the pitch process is a thing that is designed by the potential client to try and filter out options to work with there's nothing mm. to say it's going to be a good way of doing that and yeah i mean i think completely circumnavigate you know pitches of 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 rubbish really you know circumnavigating <laughs> that to circumnavigating that to to show your value in a in a different way that then Especially, as you say, if you if you can identify someone who is prepared to invest in in design to the point where they're prepared to invest in the possibility of working with someone that's good at design, already that's a that's a brilliant lead. And if you're then able to do something to show them some value, you know, then then who who cares that that there wasn't a pitch process like that? They'll have found someone they want to work with and they won't have had to have wasted all that time going through pitches. We have something similar. I think it operates similar. We we may we don't always think of it in this way, but we kind of when we're working with startups, we run a a kind of two day workshop um, that's to produce a prototype. So I don't know if you've seen um, like Google's design sprints and the concept mm -hmm. of a design sprint, which is uh, all the rage these days. If you can get like 10 people in your company to all take a week off and uh you know as virtually no <laughs> no company i've ever met but loads of people are doing it john um and they're all doing it at google Sounds expensive yeah absolutely absolutely uh it's the dream we'll, we'll get there we'll we'll run a five day but at the moment we, we do a, we do two day ones and 
like they they're fine they make money on their own and they're, they're standalone things and we come out the end of them with a little prototype for people but it's completely the same thing you know it is a it's a low cost way for us to demonstrate the value of how we design a a startup first offering right so it's mm-hmm. a different it's a slightly different thing to design than a you know fully fledged piece of production work on an existing problem it's like it's but it's 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 design it's helping them it's it's understanding a problem and helping them solve it and and that's a similar thing you know like we know if someone does that process they are much more likely to then come and work with us after that so i think yeah you know i think if anyone's looking for ways to demonstrate the value of design like almost trying to come up with little little products they can sell that aren't big commitments but show off the things that they're good at doing that's the way to do it because then you get someone that's buying you know which is already a great as i said a great lead and you and they leave with something that proves them what you can do i think it's a really that's a really powerful way of going about it because you're also selling something different as well you know you're if someone's going out there to get a project done and they've put a brief out there and everyone's coming back and it's 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 huge numbers to you know in terms of price to do this thing and you put down on the table something that's a tenth of the price that they can just try out and if the output of that gets them a bit nearer their solution and they can go to other people afterwards and and get it finished off you know they we we always say with this prototype thing you you can do this and then go and get it get the get the thing outsourced to actually develop it but yeah i think that's so i mean i think that's a that's really interesting i think that's that is a really powerful way of literally selling the value of design is that what you do then so you would if a client comes to you and with a really big brief uh, quite a big project instead of trying to, instead of answering that brief you're you're turning around to them and, and trying to sell them one of these these smaller products i guess is what you might call them of workshop instead of doing your brief and spending the next three months trying to design and build what's in your brief and charging you the amount everyone else is going to put in for this proposal what we're going to do is say right here's a one week process or a two day process that's going to cost this and the output of that will be this which will do the first you know take you so far down the road is that is that how you sell those in yeah i mean basically especially especially in situations like a startup with a new product where the outcome of the project is in no way settled They've gone out there and they've probably got a brief with what they think might happen, but they're starting a new business and what they think might happen isn't going to happen. Something else is going to happen. Mm. So it's almost like there's no value in in selling a solution to their brief because their br- what's in their brief isn't going to happen, therefore your solution is not going to happen. You can either try and explain that to them and say, do you know what, this thing could cost... 10 grand it could cost 200 grand it completely depends on what works like what does your market want how complicated is that to build so many unknowns that a proposal is pretty much worthless certainly if they're then going to take that number and go oh this is how much money i need to raise from investors you know it doesn't Mm-hmm. It, it, it's actually at that point it's almost a risk because they go and raise an amount of money that's a pointless amount of money that's not going to get them what they need so at that point yes i think going going look there's no 
it's really hard to define what you need here and how we deliver it because there's too many unknowns. So how about this? Something small, low risk, it will get you, it will teach you more. And that and the value of that will be that there'll be a load of stuff you don't you drop out of this brief that you don't build. Mm-hmm. You know, the value there being you'll understand more about what people want. You won't build all these features that they probably don't want. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it, and it works. And again, and but I think it, you know, it also works because it gets it gets in a room with people and shows them the process of of how you go through defining defining user problems and things like that, and they come out of it understanding how to you know how to go about doing that kind of thing. So yeah, no, I think that's 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 massively important. Yeah, I'd never. I mean, we we do something similar sometimes. Like we will get a brief from someone, and largely in the cases where it's a sort of ill-formed brief, there's not much to it, and it's one of those situations where you know, how long is a piece of string that we would propose doing something a bit, bit smaller, um, a bit a bit faster, just trying to get something out there that that maybe they can test with. But one thing I don't think we have done is taken that approach as a contrary standpoint to a competitive pitch where they've asked for a lot mm-hmm. and i think in almost every 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 time that's happened our response has been you know we've got to stand up against the competition and then we've scrambled around spent days and days trying to scope things out and figure out where the boundaries lie and how mm-hmm. much time this is going to take and what the stories are for every possible thing that they wanted in their specification that half of it isn't really clear and half it's guesswork you're not really entirely sure how much time you should spend on it, so you're taking a bit of a stab in the dark. And yeah, it's it's hard, I think, to resist the temptation to put in a competitive pitch when you know everyone else is probably doing that. To to be contrary and, and give them something that they haven't asked for. Yeah, and I think if in the case of it, it completely depends on the project. So. It works really well for those new companies, startups, because the proof is there from how the experts in that realm operate. So you have got endless anecdotes on how X company discovered and then pivoted and then went and did something different about how you know, most startups fail because they build the wrong thing and there's so much out there and it's so, it's very like evocative, uh, if that's the right word. It's very, <laughs> it's just a very powerful, you, you can, you know, when people cross sit across the table and say, I'm looking to start my own business and here's what I think is going to work and you can kind of like lay out to them how the way they're going about it is wrong because look at all this evidence look at all these experts and then lay out to them a different path Mm -hmm. that works brilliantly you know that's and and it it works brilliantly because it's a good idea right i'm not kind of trying to con them (laughs) like it's it's how they should be doing it but it it it's a very that's that's always a very powerful conversation and you can see when it works that they're just converted and you know then fine Mm -hmm. you're good you're going to buy that smaller thing now um and you're going to you know there's no point in trying to compete with the people answering your brief but that's a different project to a more established company saying we need this piece of design work done um at that point though well should it be is there some similarity there well i would say your approach is really interesting 
And I think something we normally do is say to people, if there's a chunk at the beginning of the project, you can snap off and just offer that. So like you put down your proposal for the full thing and you say, but you know what? We don't know loads about it yet. This big number at the end, we could we could make that smaller if we knew the right things. Mm-hmm. It may be that it, it, it it's an unreliable number, that one. You know, so that's an that's an idea of how much based on other projects we think this is going to be. But if there's a bit at the beginning, you can just snap off and say, and I think this is sort of what you, you're saying you do. You know, you, if you take just a, can we, you know, can we just do the scoping for this? Can we can we deliver some wireframes, and then then you can decide whether to go on and and do the rest of this. Although I mean, wireframes is a fairly chunky deliverable, but can we deliver some? just some sketching or you know just is there a small project we can do at the beginning to prove um ourselves here because you're reducing risk for them and that's always enticing you know that always goes down well yeah of course of course um i mean i think you know as as i was saying before i think um the sort of selling strategies around it you can get really creative with i mean this you know we we do this two-day workshop this process we call it the prototype sprint but we're looking at how we can do that cheaper maybe with multiple people at once so you know maybe instead of us doing it with one startup try and get four startups in a room and just facilitate the workshop a bit more have 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 them just get them to facilitate it themselves for cheaper because we're not doing as much um, that then extended onto thinking about some kind of massive quiz night kind of event where you've got loads of startups <laughs> in a room and everyone, you know, everyone's doing it. Um, but you know, and that and that's for even less. So you know, I think if you can almost try and productize the way you show that value, you know, have have a package there on your site that's like, do you want to just buy the the workshop and and single user journey package? You know, it's it costs this. It's a set thing, and have that there because it's just that's just nice for people to be able to go. All right, I'll I'll buy that then. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. You know, and I think it's hard to productize a whole big design project, but you can create smaller smaller things that people can buy off you. Everything doesn't have mm. to be a a massive three month project. You know. Yeah, agreed. And if you if you can achieve trying to you know, successfully communicating the value of the design to the client, I think it, it makes an enormous difference on the project afterwards. Like the results you get are, are so much better. You're not fighting with the client as much over time and budget because you've you've come to an agreement, especially if you take that sort of test approach of selling selling your workshop package or you know, snapping off that piece of work to, to do something smaller first. Yeah. And in my experience, that almost always leads to to more work like it's not a case of oh there was a three-month piece of work here and i've just sold in a one-week piece of work in its place no it's a no, case no. of you do the one week's worth of work they see incredible value but you haven't solved all their problems by a long shot there's still a lot more to do and with any luck they'll continue to work with you and keep coming back to you because they they saw the value it was clearly demonstrated to them with your process and they they want they'll just keep coming back for more completely and and also they they trust you at that point and i think that's you know one thing we definitely are trying to do more of is when the des- is is kind of sort of documenting and 
almost like branding our design process. I mean, not branding it like calling it like we've invented something, but just there's there's a there's a Google Doc that's getting written up, and we keep threatening to publish it. That's like designing <laughs> with Lighthouse. Um, and what it is, it's, it's a it's, manifesto, Dan. And there's some there's some principles in it, right? There's there's what is what it's meant to do is like is explain to clients that as we're working, like why we're doing certain things, because so hmm. much time is spent not designing, so much time is spent there staring at a client email or Basecamp post or or whatever, where where someone's just gone, oh, I want it to be this, or the bit of feedback they gave your your work was just not useful. And now you're spending time trying to undo that and educate them. And we just thought, well, look, what if what if we at the beginning we just took them through something that is there, documented, they've got it. And yeah, they're not gonna probably read it or remember it, mm-hmm. but it's there and we can and we can point at it, you know? You can point at it and mm-hmm. say, I love the fact that you've sent me a Photoshop file uh with your changes on it, but Take a look, yeah. You know, take a look at why that doesn't produce a good outcome, and it's not because we're precious, although, or you know, it's not because we're precious, or because it's a massively insulting thing to do. Even though I sort of believe those two things, it's because we're following this design process because we have these principles about what makes good design, and framing just framing the whole thing so that arguments can be processed through that and. And you can con- have that control. I mean, I think I think we did we did one of our earlier episodes on client feedback, right? So this is it's probably going back a bit on that. But it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. that it's controlling controlling the process by by constantly selling why you're doing stuff. So you're not selling to win work; you're selling your process to people. Mm-hmm. So you just need to be able to, to. You always need to be able to explain it. Have you read? No, I, you haven't read this because we had this conversation. But the listeners don't know we've had this conversation. So, have you read? <laughs> You're my favorite client. <laughs> the uh, the list of no, I haven't read that book. <laughs> Tell me all about it, please. Uh, well, <laughs> you should basically go and read it. Um, I mean, that in there, he um, it's old Mike uh, Montero. I'm just I've never said it out loud before, and that's what my brain thinks it is. But it's the guy that runs Mule Design. And he's written the book for clients, but it's it's essentially for designers as well because it's just him pointing out how a design process should run. And it's just really, you know, really powerful bits in it about when to be scared if your designer just says, if you say to your designer, I don't like it, and your designer says, okay, I'll change it, to just worry that's a red flag that the design process is not robust. That, mm-hmm. that you know clearly the designers put something there just for the sake of it and you should be expecting more than that from your designer so it's a clever book because it says hey you know your your designer should be amazing they should you should expect all these things off them and the flip of that of course is you should hold them in high regard and you should listen to them and you should follow their process and i think he's written that book to control the to control the process and well to help i'm sure he controls his process fine but to outline to other people that they should be doing that as well and it's you know it's it's selling it's a it's a it's a book designed to make you take a certain course of action and i think you need to put effort into making your clients understand by selling to them the value of your design process 
I don't know. I mean, I presume, I presume even guys like yourselves come unstuck with. Uh, do people ever edit your Photoshop documents and send them back to you, John? No, but they they do <laughs> put them into PowerPoint and try doing it that way. <laughs> <laughs> now that I respect, which is brilliant, and I, I've I've developed an incredible skill over the years of defending the design process mm-hmm. and justifying the reason for every single thing that we've put in there because it's important. Maybe it's similar to you documenting the process. I sort of just do that mentally and make a mental note of everything. And there's always a reason for every single decision that was made along the way and a good reason. Yeah. Sometimes some valid points are raised that you need to consider and, and amend. And sometimes some ridiculous points are made that will make things worse and you need to be able to defend those. And yeah, if you have done a good job of selling in the value of design, that would be much easier to do. If you're constantly battling with a client on those things, then I think you probably haven't been able to demonstrate the value you bring enough yet and need to work a bit harder at trying to to sell that value of design to them and demonstrate with results and or statistics if, if it goes has to go mm-hmm. that far that what you're doing and your the way you do things is going to make things better for their business. Yeah, it definitely comes from experience. You definitely I think you start out like a designer probably makes every decision for a reason, even when they're quite new and um, haven't been doing it for a long time. But I think the difference in experience is understanding that they need to be able to justify those those decisions. Yeah, that's one of the things I always say to junior designers. Like, Just take time to write, even if you have to actually write it down, every decision you make along the yeah. way, yeah. Why, why you're doing it. Because people don't. Are not cognizant of these things. They just do it out of instinct. Yeah. And if, if you start thinking about it, it will also make you a better designer because it will start making you rationalize everything you do rather than literally just doing things because you think they look better to doing things because there is a valid reason for it and get, get, good, at, get good at describing that. And that will help you in explaining to clients the value of the design process and the, des- the value of your designability when, yeah. when you come to defending any feedback that you don't agree with and then you realize that it's and it's not just it doesn't just make sense from the point of view of oh great now i can explain all my stuff that makes that process run smoother which means one not so much a nightmare projects because that can be one of that's definitely one of the major ways that projects derail for us over the years has been design who's in charge of design and who gets sign off and people are one one of our designers has a uh, has a point where he stops caring and he's uh, even created a little emoji for it to stick in slack if it ever happens it's like a a graph <laughs> a graph where you hit a point where you're like okay fine you can just have this however you want i don't care anymore and it's a, and that point you know, <laughs> i just am terrified of him hitting that point and it's but it's a great motivator that if we're ever getting close to that point it means we've got a we've got a fight for to to make our process understood because mm. you go past that point it doesn't just mean they're not happy with their design anymore that project's likely to be less profitable it's likely to even drag way on past what we, it was supposed to it's not going to make your portfolio it you know it's 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 really bad for business to not be in control of that design process and sell it so you know it's it's definitely it's definitely worth that upfront effort. It saves, it does save time in the long run, I think. 
is so yeah i mean completely so i mean that's i mean is that that's that's selling design john it is yeah it's not easy and it does take practice from from set from selling it to get people to work with you to selling it to people that already work with you i thought you said this was going to be mm-hmm. vague to, for me that's just <laughs> that's comprehensive <laughs> well, i hope we've managed to uh to you know spit out a couple of nuggets of wisdom there to help help people try and sell value of their design process to their clients hopefully you'll all get more work and better work from it and not get frustrated by constantly battling with people because they did they don't understand why you want to do things a certain mm. way and, and the value that you can bring completely Good. Yeah, that was that we did go around the houses a bit, but we I think we came to some some kind of conclusion there. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Done. Sticking it in a proposal. Send it off. <laughs> absolutely. Just this just put this podcast in a proposal. <laughs> Done. Cool. All right. Thanks for coming on again, Dan. Where can people find out a little bit more about you? I'm at Gentus Maximus on Twitter. We're at We Are Lighthouse on twitter as well i am going to use a hot minute to say that we're having an event Ooh, tell me about it dan so our event is on the 14th of march it's going to be basically like a a product panel so there's going to be a bit like did you ever listen to the rissington podcast john Great old school podcast. I don't believe I did. Uh, it's a good mm. old school podcast. John Hicks and John someone else, mm. who I can't remember. Um, and they said it was like Garden's Question Time for the web. We're bringing that back. Um, so <laughs> we've got like a startup doing a deep dive. Um, we've got a few startups giving some product problems they're having. And then anyone that comes can then ask questions from the audience if you want more details on it, and I suggest you do, then head over to our site forward slash event and it'll all be there. It's going to be in London and I'll be there and you should be there as well, John. And then the perspective people can come and meet us and we'll tell them. Wow, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. It'll I'll put a link amazing. to it in the show notes. I'm already coming, Dan. I may even be a bit more involved. Yes, absolutely. It's, watch, watch this space. The panel is the panel is forming. Should, should we rebrand this? Could it be Perspective Live then? Perspective Live. That now you do that when you've done like I'm a hijacking your event. I'm going to come with a load of banners and posters and put them up all over the place. You do you do Perspective Live once you've done like a hundred episodes or something. <laughs> yeah, we should, we could we could do Perspective Live. That'd be big. But this but, this is Lighthouse's event. I'll um I'll drop the the link in the show notes, and yeah, everybody who who fancies it, come on along. It should be really good, and yeah, I'll be there too. I've met some Perspective listeners before, John. It was immensely pleasurable. Wonderful. Yeah, I had lunch with someone who listened to every single episode just today, and yeah, he was saying very good things. So happy about that. Whoa, <laughs> the good feels and some food. Dream combo. So thanks to everyone for listening. I've been John Dark at Dark John on Twitter from Every Interaction. You can find us at everyinteraction.com and at Every Interact on Twitter. If you would like to contact us about this episode or find any of our past episodes, you can do so on our website, perspective.fm, or send email directly to us at get at perspective.fm. We're on Twitter, underscore Perspective FM. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. As always, we appreciate any ratings and reviews you might leave us there. 
or you know please tweet about the show share it on facebook tell your friends every little bit helps we're easy to find in your podcast app of choice just search for perspective fm in google music apple podcasts app overcast pocket cast whatever you like to use we should be there all the links are on the website along with the show notes from this episode thanks everyone we'll see you next time cheers dan cheers john